The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. The return! The revenge! We're back for seconds. It's the first... The first. It's a first. We're back for seconds. We've never it's done this before. It's the first time we've having a number two. <laughs> Careful. Totally him up. <laughs> What's happened here is that we, uh, we're we actually going to follow on from our episode from two weeks ago where we were talking about what's what happens when your subscribers reply to your broadcast emails or your campaigned emails. We had such a good time talking about that stuff and afterwards we realised we sort of ran out of time. We had more things to say, loads more to say, in fact. And that is why we are doing a part two from episode from two weeks ago. Wow, that's nice and confusing. Please welcome my co-host, the man who's not wearing any shoes because his sole fell out. It's Robert Temple! Hypnotist extraordinaire. Thank you very much. And please welcome my co-host, the man who uses a knife and fork in the wrong hands, even though he is right-handed. I think even left-handed people hold them the right way around, but you don't, because you're a weirdo. It's the mind reader, the one, the only. It is Kennedy. Robin Kennedy. You just called me a weirdo on the show. You also said my soul had fallen out, which makes it sound like I've been exercised or something. I just thought it was a nice little... I could have just muted you, I've just realised. I've got the power in front of me just to mute you when you make any kind of sarcastic or terrible remark. Come on, Robert. <laughs> I'll shut up and drink me too. There we go. Thank you very much, everybody. We're just uh, just drinking our tea there, getting a bit distracted. (laughs) It's a good cuppa, by the way. This is a really good cuppa. Should we do a podcast? All right, let's Let's rock it. Let's start the podcast. Hello, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. As ever from Response Suite. We are back once again. Mm. I need to stop saying that as well. We keep saying we're excited and we're back. We're going to end up with a drink. We're going to end up with people. Do you know what we should do? We should put together. uh, No, bingo. The email marketing, the email marketing bingo. show bingo, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are the heroes, though, let's be honest. Look that's at us. true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you haven't listened to the episode from a couple of weeks ago yet, we talked about the fact that you get this awkward situation, don't you, where sometimes your subscribers will reply to an email that you sort of just sent out as a mass broadcast. You find that as an awkward situation? Probably, oh, someone's replied. Probably even more weird than that is if it, they reply to a campaign because then that's an email that you sent out technically months ago, probably. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to work out now, hang on a minute, where did I, this email I remember from? once I got a reply from a client. So I was doing, I was booked to do this gig, you know, the mind reading show for somebody. And like, it was three, four weeks before the show. So they'd booked months ago. And I just got this reply from a client saying, that sounds great. Yes, please. And I was like, what on earth did I offer them? What are they saying? What yes, have they just to? agreed to? It's true. So it is, it is a bit like, oh, that's kind of, sort of fiddle around and, and dig into my email campaigns. Mm. So, so we're continuing on today because so, what we want to talk about mm. is how you can take that as an opportunity, right? Because actually what we, as far as we got in the episode a couple of weeks ago, was really just talking about the fact that it's okay if they do it and we should make it more possible for And them. a better experience if they do. Right. So let's first of all unpack a few reasons why people might, I've just scribbled some notes down on my pad here, uh, but some notes, uh, some reasons why they might reply. They might reply with some kind of support issue. Oh, thanks for your email, by the way, I try to log in, or how do I download that thing? Like a support issue. I had one the other day, I'd, I'd moved the location of a PDF, so the link didn't work anymore. Ah. And so somebody replied saying, thanks, but the link doesn't work. Rookie mistake. 
schoolboy error. The next one is, they might just want some help, and we'll talk about that more sort of in detail in a moment. We're going to make actually probably most of this episode will be about people who are asking for more help. So we'll come on to that. They might be coming up to you and saying, hey, I really need help with this thing. The next thing is a product query. It might be, hey, I was thinking of buying that thing, but my situation is different, or will it work in these circumstances, or can I have the offer extended? So it might be a product-specific query. Does it work on WordPress? Does it? Will it work because I'm, I am I live up a mountain, or whatever it might be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mountain goat, after all. Anyway, so um, I'm a jolly mountain goat, it turns out, as well, because most... I think mountain goats probably have a jolly accent. They should have a jolly accent. <laughs> it's that beardy thing, isn't it? Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so it might be a product query where you could actually quickly overcome that and say, yes, that will work for you, or actually doesn't Okay, it's a fit for you, but this other thing might be. And finally, they might have a complaint. They might be like, hey, stop annoying me, Robert Temple, about these surveys you make in the old response suite. Get lost. Or they might have a complaint that I got. Well, I got a complaint recently on one of my lists. I um, I use profanity with my with one of my lists. It fits my market really well. Fits my sort of personality and character in that market. And somebody said that they found me highly offensive. Please remove me from your list. So I did. I clicked that unsubscribe link for them. Which you're more than entitled to do. Yeah, yeah. So it's your list. It's my list. Cry if you and, want and, but what's interesting is it did make me think for a second. I'm not arrogant enough to go, well, screw them, which is obviously the, the, the low profanity version of what I was thinking. I sort of thought, is this a bad thing? Should I sort of cut out the swearing? And I thought, no, because I know it's one of the, of the truths that really penetrates with that market. And when we meet in real life at events, they talk about how real I am. So yeah, I'm, you I'm want to sound the same. You never want to meet somebody in real life and have them. Uh, realise that you sound totally different. No, exactly. And people always compliment you and I on getting our personalities across by, in, in that written word. So that's some reasons people might be replying to your emails. That's not really the focus of this episode, but it's really good to have that in the back of your head when we're thinking about what's going to be going forward here. So the big thing that often will happen is people will engage in a conversation. They'll reply back either with a query about your product, whether it's a fit for them, or they'll engage in conversation about how they want some assistance, some insight, or, or some help. Excuse me. The reason why that the reason why that sets you up so well for this episode actually is that if you have those things in mind, support, whether somebody wants customer support, help, just generally with your niche, if you like, they've got a specific pre-sales question about your product or service, yeah. or they've got a complaint about it, is if you've got those four kind of boxes, if you like, then all you know is as soon as you open an email, you can give it a quick scan and you can say, okay, great. And bear in mind, again, we've talked about having a very specific period of time each day or whatever, when you're going to go through and do this. You can just say, okay, great. I can quickly scan each email and I can say, which of those four boxes does it fit into? Right. And then based on those four boxes, you can now decide, how do I deal with that? And that might be, if it's a support issue in terms of technical support, you've got a personal assistant or a person who helps that kind of thing, you could assign that as a task to them rather than you having to deal with it. I think what would be really nice is if you can forward it to your support desk thing, if you have one, and have it... Because uh, I do think that support should be handled by a support desk. I think support desks exist because emails get lost and they get muddy, and sometimes if you end up in a big chain of emails, that's easy to, to miss that you haven't Definitely. replied to the last one. Yeah. So I think support desks have their place, and therefore it makes sense that you can... And you can absolutely justify, I'm going to move that over there, because that way, when it's dealt with, it'll be marked as uh, resolved and, you know, all of those things. So what would be really nice, I think, is if you forward it to the support desk so that that happens, but you can also CC in the person so that they can see the, a little message that says, forwarding this to support and Cheryl will, <laughs> will get back to you mm -hmm. with an answer really quickly, because then that way we can keep perfect track of everything. And I think that's totally acceptable. Keeping people in the loop. You, okay. You've, you've responded 
and they know you've done it. Okay, so that's great. But what do we do when someone replies and it is asking for help? It is asking for some more uh, information or that kind of thing. What, What do we do now? Because ideally, this is a really good opportunity to begin a sales conversation with that person. You know that not only are they opening your emails, not only are they now consuming the content and considering the content, but third, you know they respect you enough and see you as a real person to respond to you and reach out to you for insight personally. That's not to be underestimated, the power of what's happening now, which is a brand new relationship of trust. I think the first thing to do really is to look for any sort of buying signals in the email, isn't it? So it's to look for them saying things like... you know, how can I work more with you is obviously a very obvious one. Oh, how if do it, I apply this if it myself? Was things like, I've seen uh, people say things like, oh, this was a really great email, Rob. Thanks for that. Do you know what? I've really been interested in buying that coaching program we've got. I just can't afford it right now. Massive buying signal there is, I would like to, but I don't think I can afford it. Which means if you have a payment plan and they don't know about it, or if you have a downgraded version of that thing and they don't know about it, you know they want to buy something. Dude, I've had an email once where I was pitching, I was, I was, I was, uh, sending an offer to my subscription program. And it literally said, if you want to subscribe to my program, it's this amount, go click here. The reply I got to it was, hiya, I'd love to learn more about this. Do you have some kind of program that you offer? <laughs> I was like, dude, that's a, you're that email you replied to. That's what I was talking about. And you're the co-host of the email marketing show. I know. So either I suck or, well, who knows? Yes. So I think the big thing here is to, again, look for any form of buying signal in their conversation. It might just be, and the truth is, there might not be one. Their their reply might be, I really loved this email. And you can reply and say, there's no harm in replying and saying, thanks so much, Bob. Tell you what, tell me a bit more about what you're doing right now. And you know what? At that point, they have the choice to either opt out of the conversation at this point and leave it, which does occasionally happen. Sure. Or they can take the little... Pat of, we talk about significance a lot, the psychological impact of significance. They can take that little piece of significance you've just given them and come back to you and say, oh, I, I didn't expect a reply. Um, well, actually, you know, I've been trying to do this business thing for a long time, or I've been trying to learn how to herd goats for the last 20 years, or whatever it was, in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And now, call back there. And I'm trying to work out how I can take this to the next level. Could you give me some maybe starting advice? You can give them a little bit of advice. And within four emails, probably, so two each, you're now in a position where you could say, actually, this is something I help people with. Would you be more interested in finding out more about it? And you can. And what's nice about this is because you're finding out about where they are and their specific requirement right now, what they believe their biggest challenge is, you can signpost them to the most appropriate product. So if they're early stage and they really need help with product with problem A, and you have a product which solves problem A, and it's for early stage people, you can do that. Whereas if they're really looking for somebody who's a coach to guide them, then maybe they can go and apply for a coaching program, right? Yeah, so, so if, you've, if you can see that actually this is somebody who really needs to be in this coaching program, send them off to your coaching application form where they can just fill it in. And actually what we've realized here is that now we always think of email marketing as being the thing we're generally talking about, which is writing emails and sending them out at mass or having automated campaigns that go out. Mm. But actually just good old fashioned, if you think a bit like if you got somebody in the room in front of you or you got somebody on the phone and you were asking them the kind of questions you would ask them about in terms of stimulating a sales conversation. So where are you at? What are your problems right now? What have you tried up to this point? Why don't you think that's worked? How would your life be different if it was? Typical kind of sales stuff that you'll have come across if you've done 
any kind of sales training before, you can now start to ask those questions by email and it feels very low pressure because it is at the end of the day, yeah. they could always just stop replying if they don't, if they don't want to. Yeah, they just delete you. You, mean, feel, you feel worse about hanging the phone up on somebody or running <laughs> away from them in the street. But actually at the end of the day, just an email exchange, they can just email back and forth. And of course, this begs a new question, which is actually, and I know it's sort of a rhetorical question because we know the answer, but is there a place in email marketing where you send out an email and the there's no call to, the, there's no clickable call to action? The call to action is if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, hit reply. The and answer. Do this. The answer is yes. I Absolutely. Mean, I've sold really, tons of coaching yeah, that way. It's it's a really powerful thing. I mean, we talk about call to actions a lot, and one and one call to action is reply. I mean, you know, that's a really really valid call to action. Um, something I want to just talk about something which is a bit more unusual, which is something that our friend Janet Murray talked about, which is. She, and she heard it from somebody else. I don't remember who she said she learned it from, but it's an interesting idea, which is if you get a lot of people coming to you saying, hey, can I have some advice? And they want free advice, rather than just saying no and sounding a bit rude or whatever, unless you're unless you've got a really good way of handling that. What Janet does, which I think is really interesting, is she has every other week, I think it is, so every you know, fortnightly, she has like two hours set aside on a Friday where she has 15-minute appointments available, which are totally free to book into. And she basically sends people a link to that. And it basically means that people have to wait quite a while in order to get on that call with her. I'm assuming you could, I mean, I know in Calendly, which is what we use for our appointment set scheduling, that you can make it so they can't book for 30 days. So what that means is the person can get that assistance, but they do have to be pretty committed to wanting that assistance. So by the time they can book in from 30 days time, they'll actually be really keen and really dedicated to doing that rather than just going, oh, I quite fancy a chat. Because some people will just want to chat with you because they want to be your friend. And that, that's the truth. You know, it's nice to have new friends, isn't it? Especially from someone who you respect and you feel like you you know. Because, I mean, we get it quite a bit, don't we? It's, it's interesting when you position yourself in a way that you, when you send emails and any kind of content, I mean, podcasts, for example, where you allow people into your lives. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're in our office. Yeah, I mean, so you really feel like you know us, which is great. And people feel like they know you because of the things that you say, you say and you talk about in your emails and in various communication channels. So it's only natural that they think, oh, it'd be really good to have a chat with that person. Unfortunately, just having a chat is an expensive thing for us as entrepreneurs, isn't it? So putting that little barrier of, yeah, go and schedule a, a free 15-minute call. One, it's a short amount of time, 15 minutes. You can do, obviously, four of those in an hour. And, but also they have to wait for at least four weeks before they can do that, will really sort out the, ooh, I want a quick chat because I'm a bit lonely today, versus the people who really wanted to get a little bit of help. Now, another place that you can have the opportunity to make sales here is actually from the people who are in that fourth category, the people who complain. It's actually surprising how many times I've been able to have somebody reply to my email and say that they didn't like something about me or it. So maybe, again, maybe it was like I swore in the email. Maybe it was the fact that I... Uh, they didn't, you know, maybe they don't really believe in what it is that you're saying. Maybe they're sure. newer to your business. They haven't built up that trust Skepticism's yet. Skepticism's high, isn't it? I, mean, I think if you can reply and say, oh, I, you know, I'd just be dead humble. I'm really sorry you felt that way. I really try and express, you know, this, this and the other. Well, first um, of all, they don't expect you to reply to a complaint. They expect you to go, ugh, and delete it. It's surprising how many times that that conversation back and forth can actually turn into you realising, actually, this is just a bit of a mental block they've got in their mind. Maybe it's a preconceived idea, a preconceived notion. Maybe it's just uh, their own little, stuck in their own little uh, way of thinking. And actually, just by adjusting that a little bit, not only do they like you more, but sometimes that can actually turn into a sale. Now, if they're just all out trolling you, 
obviously, there is a point at which you're going to want to say, okay, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm just going to block this email address, delete them from sure. my list, and that's that. But actually, if it turns into what's actually an intelligent conversation between you and them... And you're happy. And you're enjoying it, that can 100% turn into a sales piece. Even if not there and then, mm. that does sometimes happen, but even if not there and then, it might just become where that thing... They, they, they understand who you are now. They understand the point. They're back to being a happy subscriber or they become a happy subscriber. And in a month's time, a week's time, a day's time, whatever, they go ahead and purchase that thing, which is also super, super powerful. The other thing you get to do with, I think, acknowledging this, these email replies is you get to you get to learn what your customers and subscribers' objections are to the stuff that you're selling. So they might reply and say, again, it's too expensive, or they might reply and say, I don't think that would work for me because I only work with dogs and not cats. Like they, they will reply with stuff and that you'll never have thought of because we can't. It doesn't matter how good a copyright you are, you can't take into account everybody's everybody's objections. But doesn't this all sound a little bit doom and gloom? The other thing that people might be replying with is praise to say, Oh, thank you so much for that email. By the way, I bought your XYZ thing and it's fantastic. That's a great opportunity for you to reply and go, I'm so pleased you enjoyed it. I really do put everything, you know, all my heart and soul into that thing. Have you got two minutes to make a quick video testimonial or write me some words so I could use that in the future? So now what you've got is an opportunity to collect social proof. And then once they send that back to you, you're now still in conversation. Don't kill the conversation. Now is it a possibility, an opportunity for you to elevate that person to that next product where they get to work with you even more to take whatever it is they learned from that thing they love so much and now they've committed to paper or to video to say that they loved so much. Can you elevate that relationship to a higher level program, a coaching program, a mastermind or a more expensive, more involved program? I think what that means is that this all means that when you send out an email, either a broadcast or again, a pre-automated campaign thing, and somebody replies to your email, don't see that as a, oh, oh uh, this sort of screws up the system now, you're not supposed to reply. Don't see it as that, and that's the <laughs> end of the conversation, I'll just delete that and it'll go off into oblivion. Instead think, great, now how do I reply to this, even if all that consists of is they've emailed you, you've emailed them, they've emailed you back, you reply one more time, that's the end of the conversation. That might sometimes happen. Yes. Always just think, great, how do I reply to this and be polite? And sometimes that will turn into a sales conversation. Sometimes it will turn into you passing it on to customer support and letting them know. Sometimes it will turn into you handling a complaint either very nicely or they turn into a troll and you just get rid of them and block them and delete them from your list. And that's all okay. But, but if yeah. you just ask that question, it becomes It gives the opportunity manageable. for those things, those good things to happen. The trolling is, is less and less. People, I think, are realizing in general because like rob said people do not expect to get a reply right. they're surprised by the reply therefore the trolls don't do the replying because they're not expecting that to get right. a raise they they're just not expecting to get a rise from you absolutely that's it you get all the notes on everything we've just talked about in this episode which i think is massive by the way i hope you loved it uh, you'll get them over at blog.responseweek.com slash reply then the number two because it's part two right as we said at the top of the episode so blog.responseweek.com slash reply two Mm, now, it's time to find out what one of our listeners' questions is. Hi, Rob and Kennedy. This is Paul Healy here from the Group Coaching Academy. So my question is this. A lot of people are now subscribing to lists using their Gmail email address. How do you stop your email broadcast from going into their Gmail promotions tab? And if there's not a way of doing this, how do you effectively educate your email list on the importance of checking their promotions tab so that your emails get read. Thank you very much, guys, mm. and happy inboxing. There's only one way to answer this, and we've got to give it the reverence it requires. We've got to ask ourselves... What would Julie Andrews do? And we've got 
got two minutes to find out. So one of the big things here, I think, it's about education. It's we, you first, then. We, it? as marketers, have very much moved away from... Sorry. Have very much moved away from the idea of get somebody on your list and then just try and sell them as much stuff as possible. And I think what that means is that now, A, it's quite refreshing when somebody opts into your list and the next thing they see isn't one of these tripwire offers. It's just a page of stuff. And what that means is you can now focus on every element of consumption. Uh, getting people to actually look at the free thing they opted in for. And so part of that is actually make sure you go and find the email that gives you the thing. So I think if you have it so that when somebody opts into your list, rather than say free instant download or something, maybe direct it more as tell me where to send the free thing. So the first thing is you're now getting them trained to know that when they put their name and email address in, you're going to send them that thing to their email and therefore they're going to have to go and find it. That's the first bit. Now that means that on the thank you page, after they've opted in, you can now say, here's some instructions, some basic instructions on how to find that thing. It's being sent to your inbox. It's going to be there in the next five minutes because that's how long it can sometimes take. And uh, if you don't see it in your inbox straight away, make sure you check that promotions tab. Just tell them to do it. Oh, you're done now. Oh, you can also tell them that if they drag it across into the inbox, that should make it go directly to the inbox in future. And if you really want to go technical and you're in a B2B space, you could also tell them to set up one of those uh, filters that will automatically take emails from you and not put them into the promotions tab or in Outlook, it's called the other tab, and instead will put them into the inbox. I think for me, it's just all about educating them. It is about education. The other thing you can do is there are certain trigger words in an email that will send a little signal to all of these systems to say this is probably a promotion. And that is links to offers, a thing that says free or buy now. Any kind of buying or promotional language will do that. So make sure your early emails don't have those things in and you should escape that tab. And also, make sure you stick a video on that video on that page and show them how to drag it across. Oh! Did it? We did. I think we just St- still about. not been gunged. Still oh, not been gunged. Not gunged. Now, of course, if you would like to be uh, Paul is awesome. If you'd like to be like Paul, then you can submit <laughs> your own questions for the email marketing show. You don't need any fancy technology. You just need a voice, some lips, and something with a microphone on it. So that could be your mobile phone or your computer. And uh, just head over to blog.responsesuite.com forward slash show. And there's a little thing we use called SpeakPipe where it allows you to submit us a little message, whether yeah. you've got shoes on or not. Well, you've got shoes on or not. Yeah, just literally record your voice right onto that page. Uh, we'd love you to do that. And give yourself a little name check. Tell us your website just the same way that all of our guests do. Now, let's zoom into finding out the best subject line that we've seen around. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Rob, you've got another beautiful one this week, haven't you? Who's have, this one yes. from this week? So I know this you've seen is did, from Mr. Pete Vargas. Hello, Pete. Uh, and I've seen a similar version of this a few times, but it really struck me this time. And it basically, in, in Pete's case, it just says, you up comma, uh, my name, so you up, Rob, question mark. So are you up, Rob, is how, is how it would be That's read. That's cool. Uh, I've, I've also seen a similar one as, are you still up, Rob? Okay. And it's sent, so this is how it's, this is the framing of it, is sent uh, so that where the sender is, it's late at night. So for example, if I'm sending out this email, maybe during a launch promotion or something, it's, I don't know, one in the morning, and I send it out at an ungodly hour for me even if it's not an ungodly hour for the subscriber. So it, for me, that'll be half past nine in the evening. Yeah, or you'll be sat up with your cocoa and your slippers and a cigar or something. Are you watching me? <laughs> so I would send it out, uh, again, when it's late at night where you are. And you would schedule this into the promotion, I suppose. Yeah. And it's interesting because it sounds a bit like, it's one of those emails you can imagine if, if you were on my list and I sent it out to my list and you happened to be up, you would like call me and be like, is everything okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. like literally like that. And so it really sounds personal. 
right? Because I'm actually literally saying, are you up? Which makes you sound like, does he need something? Is he in trouble? It, it stirs up sort of curiosity and not fear, but panic, not panic, but like, excited, like, oh, anticipation. Fear, but not fear. Panic, but not panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm right, but I'm left. Um, uh, fear it stirs up all of that stuff. Yes. And so that's exciting and interesting. And, and again, thought provoking. I like that one a lot. And all you need is some sort of reason why you're still up. Like, I, I couldn't go to sleep without telling you about this thing. Or do you know this what? Thing's it's closing soon. This thing's closing in three hours and it's going to be five o'clock where I am, but that's okay. And yeah. all that stuff. So yeah, really, really cool. Are you up? First name. That's from Pete Vargas this week. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Ah, I like that one a lot. I now, if like you've that. enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it, and you can tell we've enjoyed making it, because look at our faces. Ding! Uh, if you Do my own sound effects now. <laughs> We haven't got one on the little soundboard ding, thing. Ding, ding, ding. No. So if you've enjoyed this episode, you can, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Just search for The Email Marketing Show on any of your favorite podcast players. Or, of course, you can come and watch us on YouTube if you'd like to take a behind-the-scenes peek into exactly what goes into making one of these professionals' podcasts. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. The Email Marketing Such a massive opportunity and in, to make sales. Email. People reply to you. I bet so loads of people are leaving money on the table just by not replying. <laughs>